0: Hello everyone and welcome to Wife Me Up. You might be wondering why this doesn't sound like Megan and that's because it's not. I'm Christine and I'm taking over Wife Me Up today to celebrate Megan and the release of her book Happily Ever After All. Uh, Megan and I met too many years ago at Eastern University and we bonded quickly over our love of Jesus, passion for youth ministry and the fact that we find ourselves to be simply hilarious. I'm so excited to be here. I'm honored to have this opportunity to connect with you here and to have this conversation with Megan. So before we get started, just a quick announcement. Uh, Megan's book Happily Ever After All is releasing on May 5th and it's available for pre-orders now. I have read the book. You will hear more about that in today's episode and I guarantee that you will love it. Be sure to check Megan's socials for updates on all things book related. Now on to some more good stuff. So today's guest is the one and only megan faulkner so megan encourages christian women to find their true value in christ and to embrace a full abundant life of freedom megan has served full time in the local church for 15 years where her enthusiasm for ministry to teenagers and their families women in various seasons of life the marginalized and orphans have collided into a singular passion for seeing people encounter the love of jesus and leave radically changed Megan's blog, Joy in the Journey, depicts ridiculous tales of living a life filled with Jesus and His grace. Wife Me Up, Megan's podcast, which you might be familiar with, is a place where women who live on purpose and mission have their voices elevated. Aside from reading, studying, and teaching God's word, her passions in life include Haitian orphans, sunshine, and coffee, in that exact order. You guys, I'm just so excited for this Wife Me Up takeover, and I love that we're gonna get to hear from Megan today. So remember, Wife Me Up is for the single person who wants to feel like they're a part of the club. It's for the married person who has anyone single in their life. It's for the dating, the engaged, the enraged, and everyone in between. My hope and Megan's hope is that this show will provide a little humor, a lot of fun ideas, and ways that we can all be a little more connected to each other's stories. To not isolate or assume, but to engage and ask, to tell stories, to share ideas, and to, as often as possible, create things for others to enjoy. Because what actually is life if it's not shared? So here's my conversation with Megan. Megan, I would like to welcome you to Wife Me Up. How are you doing today? Christine, thanks so much for having me on my Me Up. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on my own podcast. Thank you it for is, interviewing me. It is truly a joy. It really is my honor. I love that we get to do this together. We've done a lot of life together through many, many years, more than we're going to talk about, yep. um, and so it's really fun <laughs> to get to do this and get to hear from you today on a show um, where you elevate so many others' voices. I'm thrilled that we get to hear from you so
1: thank you thanks for doing this it means like the world to me that you would be like yeah I'll take over your podcast and interview you it's so of fun.
0: course you asked I said yes I'm here I'm here for it all <laughs> you were a quick yes that was nice <laughs> I was
1: like okay shoo let me check that off Whew. the list.
0: ask Christine to bail me out yet again <laughs> you'll be getting my Venmo request later on today it's yeah. <laughs> fair that's fair so, obviously, we all get to hear from you on this podcast, so we know you and we love you. And so, we're just going to dive into some questions about your book, Happily Perfect. Ever After All. Yay! Good. Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, so, we're going to start with a hard-hitting question. So, the introduction to your book yep. starts with the line, I did not want to write this book. Yeah. That's that's an interesting way to start a book. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. Like What? What? Let's dig into that. Tell me more. We can talk about anything but that. No, I'm kidding. It's already a fail. We are done. Thank you for
1: coming, listening to Wake Me Up today. Um, I didn't want to write this book. That's just the mm. truth. And when I was when I started to feel like this was the book that I had to write, mm. I felt like honesty was paramount to anything else in this book, that being mm-hmm. really honest about everything, capital T truths and small T truths were super important no matter mm-hmm. what. And so I just wanted people to know right off the bat that I wasn't interested in writing this. And mm-hmm. I had another book mapped out uh, for the most part, like 85% mapped out. I had sticky notes all over my wall with, mm-hmm. which if you're a writer or know a writer, that's like very common in our lives. We just have sticky mm-hmm. notes everywhere annoying and funny and so I had this whole other book mapped out and I was like okay I'm gonna do this and then I'm part of an organization called Hope Writers. I love Hope Writers. If you are listening and you're an aspiring writer, uh, 15 out of 10 recommend the Hope Writers community. Mm. It's just been so incredibly encouraging to me. And they just kind of launch people into publishing. It's really amazing how Mm -hmm. Hope Writers are published. It's just like unbelievable. Just really, really stellar people. So anyway, I was in a cohort with Hope Writers and I was pitching this book idea and they're like, that's an awesome book idea. But what makes you the authority on that? And I was like, whoa, um, nothing except that I experienced this thing, this other book that I was going to write. And they're like, well, you need to like narrow down your niche. And then I was like, okay, I don't really understand why. Um, But they're like, you just have to have a really, really specific niche, especially for your first book. And Mm -hmm. you need to meet a really specific audience. And so that's good. What you're writing might be good, but let's make it great. And so let's like, talk about what great books like in that. And I was wow. like, okay, let's just do that. Like, let's make it happen. Um, so I felt like excited to do that. And, uh, then the Lord just like kept giving me this idea. And for once in my life, I didn't run away from this topic. And I was like, mm. okay, and this is from God. So
0: I didn't want to write this book, but now I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that you did too. You are a voice that has spoken a lot of truth to me about singleness, but purpose more than that. And so when you told me about this book, I could not have been more excited, but I love the honesty and vulnerability of that first line being like, guys, I did not want to write this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just thought we should like lever the playing field. like Totally. don't want to write this anymore, more than you might not want to be reading it to be honest with you <laughs>
0: totally let's get that out of the way and then let me tell you the good stuff yeah, yes let's go on together <laughs> that was perfect that was perfect oh, thank
1: you I
0: think it was just very on brand for you too like being very honest about that on the front end thank so you. you know as you were writing this book and as you're thinking about the people that are going to be receiving it you know who did you write this book for
1: yeah I wrote this book for the unmarried Christian girl mm-hmm. who um feels like she doesn't measure up, who feels like she doesn't have a place, who Mm -hmm. feels like she hasn't accomplished something yet because she has not accomplished marriage in her life. And so the niche audience of this book is for the unmarried Christian girl. And what happened that was cool in that is that I really kind of felt like I was writing to younger Megan. And so I would picture what did 25-year-old Megan need to hear, and I wrote to her. And um, looking back, I wish I had this book those in those years. I wish I had that that this book in my 20s. Um, but it's been cool to kind of actually also, I had some beta readers who were married women and they all were like, I needed this book. This book was for me. This book helped me navigate relationships with the friends in my life who aren't married yet. This book helped me shake some, some shame from my life that I didn't know I was still living in or walking in. So it's, it's really for anybody who is interested in pursuing their purpose. Um, but the heart of it, the heartbeat, like the blood pumping through the veins of this is for the Christian girl
0: who's not married. Hmm. I think you touched on this, but I texted you the other day, similar to what you just said, that this was the book that I needed in my 20s. These were the the truths that I needed to hear back when my singleness felt like the biggest thing about me, like almost like the thing that's just shouting yeah. about me. <laughs> and you, you had agreed. And so... You know, I think it's because, you know, this book really hones in on who you are in Christ first and foremost, your purpose um, and who we are rather than being focused on that one characteristic of our life. Um, So why do you think that this message that, you know, you wrote and something that you're so passionate about is so different from the messages that maybe we received when we were in our 20s?
1: Yeah, thank you for asking this question because honestly, I, and listeners, you should know, Christine wrote these questions. I, did, I didn't help her. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> true. It does. Um, I wanted to be surprised. Uh, this is a good question. And and here's what I think I've learned in the last decade, maybe that helped inform and kind of shape why this message is different. Um, unmarried Megan is not picking up a book on singleness. She's not. Mm-hmm. And I really have no interest in it because it's just, it's not who I am. And I think what the church has done and what the world has done is make our relationships that is paramount to other things that are in our lives. And, and I talk about it a little bit, but relationship status specifically in Christian culture has become idol worship and Mm. I'm not participating in that. The only thing I'm worshiping is Jesus, Christ in Christ crucified, period. And so I'm really not interested in conversations about who I am that have to do with a status that holds true for a worldly time frame. Mm. I don't understand why we put so much pressure on this thing. And so... I think that this book is different because it's it. Sh- we have to address singleness, right? We have to address mm-hmm. marriage. That's who the book is for. We're addressing mm-hmm. this. But in a way that doesn't say like, in your season of singleness, these are the ways that you can be serving your church and community. That's bull crap. Like it's just bull crap. And, and mm-hmm. what if for some people singleness isn't a season? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. what if singleness is their life? Like, I honestly think that the church has forgotten that Paul was single, right? Mm -hmm. That Paul, who we see however many of his letters in scripture, was a single guy. Like, I don't know if they know, but Jesus was never married. Like, I'm not sure if people have (laughs) read. I don't, it's so confusing to me. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, I'm going to get off that soapbox, but I think that it's different because. I want to tell the whole truth about the whole person. Mm-hmm. And I think messages specifically in our generation, in our late teens, twenties and, and through our twenties, where mm-hmm. that our relationship status is defined if our life was good or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not subscribing to that. And mm-hmm. so my life, is full and fun and beautiful Mm -hmm. and i'm living my happily ever after right now and Mm -hmm. it's not because i'm married or unmarried it's because Mm -hmm. i'm walking in my purpose and so this book is like i want to stomp on the idol of relationship worship Mm -hmm. within the Mm -hmm. context of the church culture Mm -hmm. and i want to make sure that people know your purpose is paramount to anything else that that we have and i think i think i don't know i guess we'll see when book sale markers come out that (laughs) that that's what sets this book apart is that i'm not like coddling the single christian girl waiting for prince charming i'm waiting for absolutely nothing just to be clear like i'm not (laughs) waiting for anybody to do anything that's right, and so I want women to know that, like, you don't have to mm-hmm. wait to live;
0: you can wait for it. Actually, live, like, just mm-hmm. live
1: your life, and it can yes. be beautiful.
0: Absolutely, you're just you're preaching. You're Thank preaching. You. I mean, <laughs> we have conversations like this all the time, you know. Yes. And I think think back to 25 year old me. I'm sure that you would have a similar experience. And like I said, it felt like the biggest thing about me, and I, it was an embarrassment. It was a shame. It yes. would it caused me to feel really not confident in myself you know all of my closest friends had been married for a couple years at that point 100 and i i missed a lot of time yes. you know just spending focused on what i didn't have instead of what i do like everything you just said full life we are waiting for nothing and i think that's just such a powerful message for us to 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 tell the next generation coming up and to tell me, I still need to hear those things, you know?
1: Yeah, I do too. Like, I just, I think it's a reminder that, you know, the only thing we could maybe wait on in life is for God to answer something, right? Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. continue to be reminded that he's still moving in Mm -hmm. the working and he's still working in the waiting of whatever we're waiting for on him. But like, Mm -hmm. I'm just not a very good waiter. I can be patient, but I'm not going to wait. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm going to be patient. I'd like to be married. I'd like to have mm-hmm. a husband. I'd like to have a family of my own. But what right. I'd like more than that is to be obedient to the plans that God has for my life because yes. I know that that's where abundance comes in and yes. that's where fulfillment comes in and that's where the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living comes in. And mm-hmm. so I just, yeah, I'm not going to be waiting. I can be patient, but I'm not waiting.
0: Love that. Can we get t-shirts with that made? Yeah, if you want, I'll write it down. Okay. Merch. (laughs) Merch for the book. Merch for the book. We're we're changing things. This is a game-changing book. Um, (laughs) I love that. Yes. I mean, I think that just sums it up beautifully. Um, You know, thinking about as you were writing the book, as now you're reflecting back, you know, what was the easiest chapter or maybe your favorite chapter to write on?
1: Um, I have a few, which is really funny. I was thinking about this the other day, but... I honestly think my favorite chapter was the last chapter of the book, is the mm-hmm. last chapter of the book and mm-hmm. believe it or not it wasn't the easiest for me to write but it was my mm-hmm. favorite to write mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't in the original manuscript that, okay. that last chapter was not in the original manuscript when I finished the manuscript last summer, gave it to the beta readers, pitched it to my um, my developmental editor mm-hmm. and I had a different ending in there and she just wrote me back really sweetly, my editor Ariel Curry who I will literally take a bullet for, love that one <laughs> She just was so helpful in shaping this message. Mm. Um, She was like, "This is fine, but this is not the ending."
0: Mm.
1: And I was like, "Okay." So she was like, (laughs) "More writing." (laughs) Yeah. So she was like, "See you soon. Have a good time writing." And I was like, "Okay." (laughs) And she kind of was saying, like, "You know, this isn't the ending. Like, Mm. this ending is is benign." it's fine but it's not good and she was like you know the ending to this book so just just write this and once she kind of gave me that encouragement I was like you know what Ariel's right but Ariel's always right for the record Mm -hmm. um so I was like Ariel's right and I wrote the last chapter in like one sitting on mm-hmm. my porch on like a really sunny afternoon in mm-hmm. under an hour. And it just was like coming out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, this is the last message that our readers need to hear. Yes. And when I turned it back in for that second round for the developmental edit, Ariel responded and she was like, there it is. You did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, like this. Yes. Is really. So it totally. wasn't the easiest, but it was definitely my favorite because I mm-hmm. feel like the last chapter is a battle cry like it's, mm-hmm. it's like a let's go girls yes chapter. yes
0: and i love that i love like yes. being, being that for someone yes well it felt yeah i felt like a benediction almost if like you want to put it in church terms yeah. you're sending out us out like yeah. as a wrap-up so yeah. i totally agree that is a phenomenal chapter Thank um you. Yeah, so thinking along those same lines, but just the reverse, what was the hardest chapter for you to write in this book? Ooh, um, besides all of them? Yeah, maybe hone okay. in, like, one.
1: Hone in, okay.
0: <laughs> Let <laughs> all of them Bring it home, Megan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, there's a lot of hard, of, well, they're hard for different reasons, right? So, okay. like, there's a chapter on shame that was hard mm-hmm. because... I'm uh, Enneagram 3. I identify as a 3. So mm-hmm. vulnerability is not my favorite thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Um,
1: this whole book is incredibly vulnerable. So I constantly feel like puking my guts up. But specifically mm-hmm. in regards to the shame chapter, I think there's just some stories in there and some things that I you know you relive shame when you write about it and so Mm -hmm. i'm healed from that like totally i can like confidently say that i'm healed from the shame around this Mm -hmm. um and feel very grateful to the lord for that but also um reliving shame sometimes it just feels Mm -hmm. like little pinpricks you know and you're like little bit twinges like that was difficult Mm -hmm. um and then You know, the other, the chapters in in terms of, like, relationships in the world, so, like, the families, the dating, um, Mm -hmm. the friends with babies, they weren't difficult, but, again, there was, like, reliving some previously unhealed moments Mm -hmm. um, that I was I'm okay to write about I feel confident that they're in the book I'm glad that they are but some Mm -hmm. things that I just was remembering where I was like oh man that really hurt 25 year old Megan Mm -hmm. and so writing those things again um, was hard yeah it was just difficult yeah
0: Yeah. thank you for sharing that because I think that's the side of books that those of us reading it we don't think about but there's a cost to you writing this book you know the things that you walked through previously and then the things that you had to relive in order to write them again there's a cost and so as someone who has benefited from reading this book thank you for doing the work yeah to write that
1: yeah Yeah, that's how we do it right like Mm -hmm. if i'm writing a book for my sake who cares
0: Mm -hmm. totally but
1: like if Mm -hmm. my words mean something to mm-hmm. Someone else, then that's it, like that's mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to write them for. And like, God didn't ask me to write this book for my personal development, He could have mm-hmm. asked me to literally do anything else, and I probably would have mm-hmm. rather have done almost <laughs> anything else. Yes, um, so yeah, thank you for saying that because it is painful, but it's always good, and mm-hmm. um, it's okay that it's painful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. we, we like, shying away from pain sometimes, but. Mm-hmm. You know again I can confidently say I'm healed from those things but mm-hmm. reliving them you're just like oh dang it and now mm-hmm. like all these people are gonna read it and be like oh Megan felt that way and then because I am who I am I'm like worried about how they're gonna feel about how I felt you know it's just like this sure. duck cycle. <laughs> Like
0: <laughs> that's but,
1: right yeah I think it's important to tell the whole truth and so I just wanted to be able mm-hmm. to do that
0: that's who you are yeah I cool. would have expected nothing else yeah <laughs> thanks great Yeah. So just thinking about you, like continuing on, you know, something that is very true of you is community. You know, you have a great community. You talk a lot about your community. Um, you know, chapter eight, you wrote about, it was called created for community, you know? Um, and so in it, you talk about a friend who was having a hard time at work and she expressed that, you know, she wished she had someone at home to kind of debrief with, but she often sits alone and kind of hopes the situation kind of debriefs itself, um, (laughs) And I resonated with that really strongly. And, you know, like I said, you're someone that I really admire in many ways, but, you know, specifically for the community that you've kind of surrounded yourself with and the community that you foster in your life, Mm -hmm. Um, would just love to hear, like, how did that come about? You know, I know that's a bigger story, but I think it would be a really cool thing to hear, you know, how Megan from years ago created the community that she has today.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that too. Um, I think that like god has never made a mistake in my life Mm. ever and Mm. so where i went to school where i lived after school where i'm serving now the people in my life they're directly from him and that's what i have to that's what I look I don't have to I get to look at my life like that you know my cousin is my very best friend in the whole entire world Mm -hmm. he made no mistake in putting my cousin in my family and us being born eight weeks apart and living two miles apart from each other for the bulk Mm -hmm. of our lives and we went to college together like people were like these girls are obsessed with each other and like all right maybe we are like (laughs) we don't care but Yeah, like God has never made a mistake. And so in my life, I think that community takes hard work and loneliness is a human condition. Right? And it's not whether we're unmarried or married, whether we're male or female, whether we live in the suburbs or the mountains or the cities or wherever we live, there's a human condition that is loneliness. And so I think what happened was that I decided I wasn't gonna be participating in that human condition. That Mm. I just was like, I'm not doing that thing because I see it. I see it in some older generations, people that I love and admire who are just so wildly lonely. that behave in ways that I don't ever want to. And so I will surround myself with people who will encourage and correct me and call me out. Um, you know, I I tell people about my small, I love my small group, like 100% obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. And my small group, like what I said was that sometimes we're a mess, but like when I'm a mess, they can call me out and walk alongside of me. And when we are a mess, Mm -hmm. we're all a mess together and it's very funny. And so either way I benefit, right? Like either Mm -hmm. way I'm laughing or I'm being made into a better human. But Mm -hmm. I think the community, true community takes really hard work, Mm -hmm. it takes this persistent vibe of like I'm never giving up on this thing like I'm never Mm -hmm. giving up building this community so I'm going to continue to have Mm -hmm. coffee with people I'm going to continue to ask people over for dinner I love having people in my home like I love practicing hospitality and so Mm -hmm. I think that that's a part of building community is just being willing to be like yeah you can come into my space and it's messy and I didn't take the trash out before you got here Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there's trash in this house. Mm -hmm. Just being a human with other humans Mm -hmm. um, is something that's really important to me. So a lot of hard work, a lot of persistence um, in building community. And, And then, to be honest, like very intentional. I'm very intentional about who I let in on what. And so there are people who know everything, um, my small group, my book club, <laughs> there are women who I'm like, I can say anything to them and they'll be like, yeah, listen, we get it. Or like, Man, get it together. Like, you're not a thing. Um, and we need that whether we're married or not. Mm-hmm. Right, like mm-hmm. just because we're married, we have a little bit of built in community in our spouse. Like that would be true mm-hmm. to say that there's another yeah. person. Um, but I know plenty of married women who are absolutely lonely and miserable. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't I don't think our relationship status qualifies or disqualifies us for loneliness. Yeah. Um, but I do think that community is a combat to loneliness. And mm. I believe in the call of the scripture where we are um, created to do life together, that isolation mm-hmm. and loneliness are not things that God has for his children. And mm-hmm. so again, like kind of like the battle cry of, mm-hmm. I'm not participating. I'm not participating, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. So, yeah. yeah, I think being intentional about who we surround ourselves with, really pouring into those relationships, a lot of hard work, a lot mm-hmm. of persistency, and then the vulnerability of like being welcoming in your home, mm-hmm. regardless of how it looks, or if you yeah. filled the blanket or took the trash out, or like, I'm sorry, I have dishes in the sink. And people don't notice what we notice about our homes, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there's a cobweb up there. Nobody noticed that cobweb but me. And if they did, guess mm-hmm. what? They're still coming over tomorrow or next week. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just kind of letting down the pretense of mm. this perfect life of, you know, I have mm. to have it all together to have community. That's baloney. You just have yeah. to have a
0: heartbeat. That's right. Yeah, I saw today, I think it was today, Katie Davis Major, she posted something, like a text thread from her friend that was like, she texted her friend that was coming over for dinner. She's like, just so you know, we're having leftovers and chips. I hope you're coming for the company. And, not for the food. <laughs> so and she, she just said, you know, hospitality is just being real like everything you just said just opening your home and your opening your heart and just putting something out or not and just welcoming people in that's how we do it. So what would be like your encouragement somebody that's sitting there like I am so lonely I wish I had a community what's like a first step you could encourage them to take. Yeah,
1: for the Christian I would say for sure find a small group of people it might not be the right fit the first time
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but there is a right fit for you mm-hmm. your church is a great place to start um mm-hmm. asking is there a bible study and it listen like community is uncomfortable what community mm-hmm. is, is really letting other people into our mess and walking into other people's messes yeah. and i found that some of the greatest community comes when you walk into somebody else's mess mm-hmm. so if there's a crisis if there's something in your community where you can help and be a part of something for the mm-hmm. betterment of somebody else's life the philippians 2 lifestyle of i'm going to place these people up and their needs above my needs mm-hmm. that's the best place i i would encourage someone to go if you're a christian to say like i'm going to start on my church i'm going to ask my pastor i'm going to find a smoker hey are there bible studies for me and listen like if there's not maybe it's your job to start one like mm-hmm. maybe it's your mission that's good To be like, okay, well, there's not a women's Bible study on a night that I can attend. So start one on a night that you can attend and see Mm -hmm. what happens. You know, just because there is not something for us doesn't mean that we aren't the ones who are supposed to create it for others. Mm. And so I think that like sometimes we can find mission in what's missing and just plug Mm. in, plug yourself into that place and Mm -hmm. just see what happens.
0: I love that. I love that mission for what's missing. You know, you're just very quotable. Very (laughs) quotable. (laughs) We're gonna pull these out. Two t-shirts. Yes, multiple t-shirts. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) That's good. So, uh, I wanted to highlight. There was so much in your book that I think just it's your heart just on paper. Honestly, you know. But wanted to highlight one paragraph from chapter nine, um, which is called, where do I fit? I'm going to read a quick section from it. It's on page 88. um, And I just want to let that, let you say what you want to say about it. But I think this sums up what your passion is. So it says, um, please hear me clearly. You have purpose, you matter, and you are worthy regardless of your relationship or familial status. Um, I'm gonna skip down. You have a lot to offer the world on your own and having a companion doesn't mean you offer more or less. You are good and you are worthy and you are important just because you exist and have breath in your lungs. You have value because you have breath in your lungs. You are worthy of love because you are a human being with a heartbeat. Although that love doesn't always look like what we think it should look or want it to look, it does exist. Your value is not based on what you are contributing to the world, though we are called to contribute to the world. Um, you are a whole person, valuable and worthy, just as you are today.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I'm,
0: I mean, that just, that's you in a paragraph, because I think that that's, that's the anthem that you're trying to get out. You know, the, the power of it. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's just powerful.
1: I, I love that word anthem. I'm going to write that Mm -hmm. down and use it because it is true. It is the anthem, but Mm -hmm. in tandem to that, Someone told me one time that I make a good youth pastor, which is my vocation, right? Mm-hmm. And calling, to be honest. But I make mm-hmm. a good youth pastor because my gospel's really simple. Mm. And like, you just have a way to like make something really simple. And But that's what I need. Like I just need to know, mm-hmm. black and white, is this real or not real? And what is true and not true? And it drives me crazy to think that there are women walking around on earth who don't know that they matter because they have a heartbeat and breath in their lungs, that they think mm. that these other qualifiers make them matter more. And mm-hmm. that's disturbing to me mm-hmm. because yes. that's that's the opposite of the gospel. Like the gospel mm. is you have a breath in your lungs, your heart is beating, you have a purpose. That's the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's- and. I'm so tired of us overcomplicating something that's just not complicated. Mm. And yeah, I think that that paragraph really is like kind of where the book started was that, you know, as single women, specifically single Christian women, it's very mm-hmm. easy to feel less than. It's very mm-hmm. easy to feel like I don't measure up or I haven't found my worth yet. Mm-hmm. And There is no world in which your worth is based on another person, except for Jesus. Mm -hmm. My worth is whole because Jesus is whole. And that's That's the bottom line there. So, yeah, I just wanted people to know that. And I'm grateful that God gave me the gift of a simple gospel because Mm. it has helped shape my life and communication in ways that I would not have dreamed. Um, mm. when, you know, we're in co- Christine and I went to Bible college together and ministry school and, and, you know, they're, <laughs> they're forcing us to think about these like really esoteric theological things. And mm. I was like, I don't know. I just like really love Jesus. I want people to love Jesus. And like, mm. I do think that it's as simple and complicated as that. I do. Yeah. I think yeah. everything is as simple and as complicated as, I love Jesus. And I want you to love Jesus and I have worth in Jesus. And I want you
0: to know that you have worth because of Jesus. That's right. Well, and I love that that book, that paragraph could be picked up by someone, one of the teenagers that you work with, right. that book could, and paragraph could be read by someone who's in their eighties and thinks that like, you know, my the best years are behind me, you know, and things like that. I just love that that speaks to the person. Like yeah. you said, you wrote this book, you know, with the Christian single woman in mind, yeah. but it's so much bigger than that. It's yeah, who we are. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's who we all are. Like mm-hmm. you have a heartbeat today. There's a plan for you. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple questions more for you, ma'am. Um okay. I'm ready. This is, a, this is a deep one. I'm ready for your answer. What do you know about God now that you learned from writing this book?
1: It's a really funny question, Christine. <laughs> Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Um, what do I know about God now? Like literally so much. <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't, it's it's actually unbelievable. And something God is just like really showing off. Like He is just mm-hmm. like in this thing in a way that I cannot explain. I feel mm-hmm. like I maybe have said this to you, I said this to a few other people. I am Literally having out of body experiences almost every single day of my life. Wow. And I, um, I feel like God is just reminding me that he is present every single step of the way that er, there is not one place I can go that mm-hmm. he is not there. There is mm-hmm. not one thought I can think that he does not hear. There is not one word I can say that he does not already know.
0: Mm-hmm. There's not
1: one like sentence in this book that he did not ordain for me to write mm-hmm. and Yeah. I think what I've learned is just his presence is so palpable in this season. It's something that honestly, I've like heard people talk about and even like dreamed of and been connected to him, you know, since I was 16, I became a Christian in high school. And, Mm -hmm. um, but there is like something very real in that I feel like God is my, my honest friend right now. Like Mm -hmm. we are, and I don't, I, I struggle with the God is my friend. Think mm-hmm. because it, I wanna he's so much more than yes. my friend, but just his presence is so friendly to me right now. And mm-hmm. I feel like every morning he's just like, All right, me and you girl, let's go. Like we got mm-hmm. things to do today. And I'm like, Okay, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm here for that too.
1: Yeah, he's like, I got you, girl, let's go. Get up, get up.
0: I love yeah, that. He's I, a present friend. I love that. That's so beautiful. That's a message that has shown up in my life a lot the past week. So it's so crazy that you just said that because just conversation with my mom, a text message with our good buddy, Kelly in our book club, and just reminded like that he's there wherever you go. He's there. Yeah. That's so good.
1: Yeah, he is. And and like we don't deserve it and mm-hmm. he just still and i don't i'm not going to talk for anybody else i do not deserve it like mm-hmm. it's just his mercy is good and his yes. mercy is kind and mm-hmm. like i just can't believe that this is my life right now like mm-hmm. i i just can't believe it and and yeah. every step of the way god has just been like i mean through the craziest things like from financing to like i had a full-blown mm-hmm. meltdown after the first copy of the book came because i hated it and i was like oh my god you need-. yeah I, I have this prayer that i pray but i don't know what to pray i yeah. literally and, and i'm like it's broken i go please jesus so bad i don't know what it means i just know that that's what I pray. he does 15 please Jesus, like, so bad please Jesus. so I'm like holding this like ugly copy of this book in my hands I'm like please Jesus so bad and then like the next day my publisher emails me she's like yeah sure we can fix it this is no big deal let's fix this this and this and no problem what do you think you like this okay let's try this and it was so kind and I was like oh okay so he
0: like, was like hey Megan yeah I got you yeah so good Melted I got you Megan, so good
1: take a back seat that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our third t-shirt
0: yeah, please, he's Jesus, just, so bad. Please, Jesus, so bad. I
1: know my friend's like, what are you praying? I'm like, it's literally my like. He gets it.
0: Yeah. You don't just have to worry about him.
1: it. He gets it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Mind your own business. Please, Jesus, so bad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. Well, just now I'm going to start saying thing. that. I have- love it. Please, Jesus, so bad. He gets it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it means. My friend's like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know, but it matters to him. So, move that's on. That's right. Move <laughs>
0: Keep rolling about your day. So my last question, and it's real, yeah, it's, I want you to speak to the single woman who's, who's picking this up and she could be in her twenties. She could be in her forties, whoever, what is your prayer for her as she reads this book?
1: Oh, my prayer for her has been the very same since Mm -hmm. I started writing this book is that I want her to know her worth. I want mm-hmm. her to know how much value she has on her own, regardless of anything else in her life. No job, mm-hmm. no relationship, no car, no living arrangement. Nothing, nothing, nothing will mm-hmm. ever give her what Jesus can give her. Mm-hmm. And, um, My prayer for her is that, like, from the time she starts this book to the time she shuts its last, the last page. Mm-hmm. That she knows that she has more worth and value, and that she matters, mm. and that her life has this really big purpose. Mm. And if she gets married, it's because God had a purpose for her in that marriage. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't get get married, it's because God had a purpose for her outside of that marriage.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: both of those things are equally good. Mm. Marriage does not put you on a higher pedestal in the world than being unmarried. There are no pedestals in the kingdom, it's Jesus and us. And so mm. all we have to do is exist in this tension of I am here to love Jesus and love other people and it's as simple as com- and as complicated as that. And mm. so if she picks up this book from the very beginning, kind of heartbroken, like I wish I was married by now, which PS, I wish I was married by now, like, let's say the whole truth, right? I
0: wish I was married by now. Yeah.
1: Say it. If she picks up this book at the beginning and says that and leaves this book at the end, I just want her to know Mm. that she is enough, that she's worthy, Mm. that she's good, and that Mm -hmm. there's no rank and no file system and no order in the kingdom except for Mm. Jesus and us. That is so good. Okay. Do you think oh. it comes through in the book, Christine? Now I'm flipping the.
0: Loud and clear. Okay. Loud and clear. I need you to say that because I would have <laughs> made him that. <laughs> Bring it back from the copier. Bring back. Please, Jesus, so bad. Uh, the Stop breaking. the printing. I love it. Stop the presses. <laughs> no, I was going to say to you, you know, as we're wrapping this up, just how proud I am of you, but how grateful I am that you wrote this book, because I think of like 20 something Christine. And like I said, I wish I'd had this book back then, but it speaks so much to my heart now. And you are the person, one of the people in my life that remind me of my purpose. It reminds me of all everything you just said, that at the end of the day, it is Jesus. And I am so grateful and so excited that the world is going to get their hands on this book and get to feel like you're right alongside them cheering them on because I know that that's your heart that the it's always pointing back to Jesus no matter what the end of the day we are pointing back to Jesus and so I'm excited for people to get their hands on this I think it's gonna be so good and um, I already have people in mind that I want to send this to you know some younger women in my life some older women in my life and I just think it's a beautiful book. You know for everybody that listens to wife me up and beyond you know everything that you list out at the beginning yeah. right single
1: enraged that's my favorite part by the way i know my friend annie always laughs at that she's like i it's love so it good to be enraged
0: because <laughs> sometimes that's how we feel right
1: let's be honest
0: let's be honest so i am super Thank excited you. about this and super proud of you friend and just you. love getting to celebrate this and and get this book out into the world. See what God does with it.
1: It's happening, whether I want it to or not.
0: <laughs> it's happening. So, all right, listeners, we will see you over on Megan Recommends. Thanks, Christine. Hey everybody, welcome to Megan Recommends. Just a little segment where we share things that are making our world better and brighter in the hopes that it will make your world better and brighter too. So today, Megan is recommending. So what do you have for us, my friend?
1: This is funny to be on the receiving end of this. Welcome
0: to your own segment of the show. (laughs) Okay, I have two. I'm
1: ready. I'm not shocked that I'm not paying attention to only one. Well, that's fine. You know, Christine asked us to pre-order the book in our thing, which I will have you all know, I also pre-ordered my book because I wanted to see what it felt like. (laughs) That's Um, right. So I participated. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Number one, I would like for everyone to take a walk and drink some water. It will change your head space, your heart space, Mm. the blood pumping through your body. Um, mm-hmm. we'll be grateful that you nourished it in ways that are practical mm-hmm. and helpful and it doesn't have to be a 15 mile walk it doesn't okay. it could be a five minute walk around your block mm-hmm. take a walk and drink some water and this is very important in the book and when you get the book you will see why this is very
0: important in the book but you gotta get a glass of water and you gotta go for a walk that is your anthem along with everything you wrote in happily ever after all (laughs) (laughs) is get out take a walk although a couple weeks ago you and i had a phone date to take a walk yeah and we could not do that because the wind was threatening to blow us.
1: Literally, this far is the away. only time I will not take a walk is when the wind hurts my ears.
0: We still, we walked in our minds. So we it did. all
1: we balanced were out.
0: Sunny Island, like in <laughs> Bora Bora, <laughs> my favorite place. We literally talked about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that Do was that.
1: fine. But I, the only time I will not advocate for the walk is when the wind could pick you up Mary Poppins style and deliver you
0: to a family where you have to be their nanny. I'm not participating. That, that is what we were trying to avoid. Yeah, we, so that I, is the only time we don't co-sign what we she just recommended.
1: Co-sign
0: taking walks in wind. <laughs> Every other time, get out there. We're taking. I a love walk it. And drinking. I water. love it. Drink a walk. <laughs> drink your water. Yep. Thanks for asking me that question. Sure. what else do you have do you have anything else on your list oh I do thank you you're right I had (laughs) to
1: um we need to call our friends Hmm. and I don't mean text them and I Mm -hmm. don't mean send them a meme I mean Pick up the phone and call your friend. Mm -hmm. I don't care what friend it is. I don't care if it's your Mm -hmm. longest one, your shortest one. I don't care if it's the guy you met at Duncan yesterday. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I want us to pick up the phone and call our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, We've lost a little bit of connectivity. Mm -hmm. And we pretend that our phones help us in the text messaging world. No, I talked to her. No, you didn't. You didn't hear her voice. Mm -hmm. You didn't hear her heart when you asked how were you and she replied, fine. You assume she said, fine. But mm-hmm. what if she said, like, fine. And, and you can't hear that unless you're calling her. So mm-hmm. call your friend. FaceTime, phone call. I don't, I don't want to hear about your texting or your mm-hmm. DMs or your WhatsApp. I
0: don't care. I want you to pick mm-hmm. up the phone and call your friend. I love it. Yeah. That's good. Take a walk and drink some water. And call, and call your, your friend. friends. You could do all of that together. We highly recommend. We recommend it sans wind. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> that is our message. <laughs> Megan, thank you so much for letting me take over Wife Me Up today. It was truly my honor and so fun to get to talk to you. You're the best. Thank you for being here. You're always saying yes to any idea I ask. <laughs> of course. That's a part of it. You called me to ask me. It's true. I Maybe mean, I send you a text. This <laughs> <It's> ruined book. <laughs> I ruined it. But I want to be honest. Do as I say, not as I do.
1: But we're calling now. We're on the phone now.
0: We are on the phone now. We talk enough. We had to have this moment in the episode. It was too, you know, people would have been wondering. So (laughs) Too good. This is so fun. All right. Christine, you're the best. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.